Hey everyone, it's Kevin O'Connor. AKA Kevin O'Bomber. AKA Kevin O'Concert. Kevin! Wait a minute, you're not Chris Vernon. No, Kevin. Sadly, I'm not as cherubic or as raspy as Verno, but it is I, J. Kyle Mann. And folks, basketball has been and continues to be so very good. That's exactly why Kyle and I are hosting a brand new basketball show on a brand new podcast feed, The Ringer's NBA Draft Show. We're going to have you covered every week as we go in-depth and deep dive in hopes of answering an ever-important question in the NBA. Who's got next? Whether it's an international phenom like Victor Wimbanyama, or the G League Scoot Henderson, or stars from Overtime Elite like Amen Thompson, as well as a full-blown swarm of talented prospects from the promising 2023 NBA draft class. For sure, Kyle. And we're also going to get into players from the college ranks because this is a loaded class for us to discuss prospects rising and falling. And we're going to revisit and redraft recent draft classes and get into how the league's evolution could help inform what's valuable in a prospect of the future. This is a podcast for a fan of every team, whether you're losing and have high draft lottery odds or you're looking for sleepers later in the draft. We're going to be covering everything in the months to come, so please make sure you follow and subscribe to the Ringer NBA Draft Show. And hit us with those five-star ratings. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in person select dates. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV? Switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports, news, shows, and more. Plus, you'll get access to Hulu's entire streaming library with access to Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. No long-term contract, no hidden fees, and no clunky cable box. Get Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blizzarian, Kevin O'Burno! It's Tuesday. How are you doing, man? What's up? I'm doing great, and it just so happened that last night, Monday night, we had a ton of games that were going on and were able to bounce from channel to channel to channel. A lot of them came down to the wire, but there was some interesting stuff that took place, so we'll, do, we'll jump off with that. I guess the first is Andrew Nemhard. Ooh, that was wild. The killer hits a three-pointer to push the Pacers over the Lakers 
after being down 17 in the fourth quarter. This Pacers team, a uh, great pass by Halliburton. He finds Nemhard, who's a rookie, and he knocks down a three for them to get the win. And you know the first thing I did? I went to the Kevin O'Connor ringer draft guide. And I said, <laughs> where? Because I'm always fascinated by this stuff. I'm like, this Nemhard guy, this guy was on good teams at Gonzaga. This guy was probably overshadowed, certainly overshadowed by Chad Holmgren and Drew Timmy and, and that group there. Uh, didn't have crazy stats. And then I go and I find him on the draft guide and the comp is Malcolm Brogdon. And I thought, isn't this perfect? Like Malcolm Brogdon, who ended up winning that rookie of the year, which is an odd rookie of the year because MB only played X number of games. But Brogdon was that guy that was passed by because he was a senior, not unlike Nemhard, totally solid at basketball like Nemhard. Now, Nemhard would be well-served to have anything like a career like Brogdon has had. But I did find that super interesting because the ageist thing got him too. And here we are watching him make a big play. And he's been a contributor and a starter, for goodness sakes for easily one of the biggest surprises in the entire NBA. Absolutely. I mean, you know, in that draft guide profile, I had him ranked 33rd. He goes 31st in the drafts. You know, and like you said, it's an ageist thing, right? You know, these older guards, these older players tend to drop to the second round in favor of higher upside players. But, you know, the the one-liner scouting report there says, mistake-free point guard who could come in right away and contribute. But, you know, you don't, you still don't expect him to be as good as he's been. I mean, Carlisle had that comment after the game about how good he's been defensively. He was really harassing LeBron in some of their matchups all game, and that's as a six foot two, six foot three guard. I mean, Nemhard has just been the rock solid backup behind Halliburton and able to play with those guys, with Buddy Heald, with with Benedict Matherin, who's arguably the rookie of the year so far, him or Paolo Bancaro. Um, it, like the Pacers have nailed some of those picks and trades and big decisions that they've made because that Halliburton man, 40 assists to zero turnovers in his last three games, leading the NBA in assists. Talking about like mistake free, right? Like Halliburton does not make mistakes out there. And that pass he made to Nemhard to win the game, dude. Like when he... I was watching the game live when he made it. I didn't think there'd be enough time for the receiving, you know, player to release the ball. And Nemhard got it off with 0.4 left on the clock because Halliburton made that pass with velocity. Like you watch it back, it was a fastball and it was a bullseye. Nemhard didn't even need to move, dip the ball or anything to get the shot off cleanly. It was right in the shot pocket. And in that clutch moment with his offhand, Whoa, whoa. Like, I thought it just summed up everything Halliburton's been this year, and that's a absolute point god. Yeah, two things on that. First, not only is he leading the NBA in assists, he's leading it by two full assists a game. Not even close. Not even close. He's over 11. Trey's at nine. Trey Young is second on that list. Jokic is third at 8.8. But he is averaging over 11 assists a game. The other What's thing he at is, for turnovers? He's under three, right? It's like 11 assists to like 2.5 turnovers, something like that. Wild. 
very, very difficult to be that good on a regular basis, even through a quarter of the season. The other thing is I had to laugh at your, the clip that you put up was the proper clip, right? Which is you were showing, uh, you put this up on Twitter, the pass, and you extolled the virtues of the pass, and then this shot by Nemhard for them to win this game. Right before your clip starts is Miles Turner, who publicly lobbied to become a Los Angeles Laker, trying to win the game with a <laughs> pull-up three from the top of the key that bricks so hard that that's how Halliburton gets the ball in the first place. I thought that was so funny. I'm like, of all the things, this guy, the guy that went on Woj's podcast and publicly lobbied to become a Laker, he's trying to have his moment. Now, I'm not saying that Miles Turner should never shoot threes, but given the circumstances, I would have liked a better shot than that if I'm the Pacers. It ended up working out, and <laughs> Nemhard saved the day. But to, I to thought be, it was to be fair, Turner's been crushing. Like he's oh been yeah, so good. Yeah, he's he has been great uh, this year. I just thought that was really funny. Oh, I know. It was. I wonder if they kind of you know he was want, like, I got this. Well, they probably want. Maybe they wanted him to have that moment too. You know. So then the Lakers will give up both first round picks. Or something? <laughs> 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 like we, like we can't beat him. We'll go get him. Anything else from the Laker game? I just can't believe they actually blew that lead. I mean, 17 points. The offense fell apart. You know, some really unwarranted shots by LeBron and Russ down the stretch. Only two field goal attempts for Anthony Davis in that fourth quarter. And, I mean, you could distribute blame to LeBron. You can distribute it to Russ and Darvin Ham a little bit for not forcing the ball to their center. But I think for the Lakers here, they get, they get such a tough upcoming schedule here. They're 7-12 and 12 now. They got Portland, Milwaukee, Washington, Cleveland, Toronto, Philly, then Detroit, Boston, Denver, Washington, Phoenix, Sac, Charlotte, Dallas. Like, there's a lot of tough games coming up for the Lakers here. And blowing that lead, it's just one of 82, but just feels like one of those games that they'll look back at, especially given the, the Miles Turner, Buddy Heald storyline that's been a, th- a thing all week in LA. Just feels like one of those games that kind of shows this team is fraudulent. Yeah, it's a team, they're screwing around and they have no room to screw around. Yeah. I mean, you only blow a 17-point lead at home to the Pacers by screwing around, not taking it seriously and thinking we could turn it up when we need to. That other team is playing it out, and you're not. And so you're not treasuring the basketball. You're not making sure you take good shots. You're not focused on defense. Like That's the, that's the anatomy of blowing a lead like that. And especially on the defensive end, just a wild lack of focus. Because all you need to get is a couple stops. That's it. And you win the game. But that's, that's what would worry me, is that the team screwing around with very little room to screw around. Their record already stinks. And the West is clogged up with good teams. There's only a few that are not a, a teams that could catch you on a given night, and you got to be able to, I know Indiana's got a good record this year, but you at vi- at at minimum, you got to be able to take care of the Indianas of the world if you're going to be a team to be taken seriously and a team that's not going to have to play its way into the playoffs. I wonder how much that groin injury is still bothering LeBron. I mean, I know he had two good games against the Spurs after coming back 
Um, and he like he could he had 39. He was he looked great. Um, but he's never looked slower, less explosive. I think he's one of those that's going to be every once in a while. It's just not going to be an every night thing. Uh, other games that went on last night, the Suns keep on rocking. Uh, while we have these two outstanding teams in the Eastern Conference in Boston and Milwaukee, now after as we get to the quarter mark of the season. The Suns are at the top of the Western Conference, where they have been in recent years. And Devin Booker has been fantastic, and they did not get to light the beam in Sacramento <laughs> last night. I mean, and they're doing this without a lot of the parts that have made them what they are, i.e. Chris Paul, i.e. Cam Johnson, i.e. Jay Crowder, who was expected to be on this roster this year and it's just basically an empty roster spot and they just keep on trucking. And so how are they doing this? The easy answer is Devin Booker. I mean, he's playing better basketball than he ever has in his life. I know, you know, prior to Chris Paul, the talk was, is he, is he a good stats, bad team player? I mean, he's been doing this for years now, but I, I think Booker, the way he's developed over the years, he's a more refined player a more efficient player, more dynamic player. He's not shooting his highest three-point shooting percentage right now, but he's just a much more diverse offensive force. He's a, a, a better playmaker. He's hustling on defense. That was the that was the pre-CP3 conversation. Well, he doesn't play any defense. He doesn't get stops. Booker is a tone setter now on this team, and he has support. Like Mikel Bridges, better. DeAndre Ayton, better. They have guys like a Tory Craig who are stepping up in place of Cam Johnson and your guy, Jay Crowder, you know, posting highlights on Instagram away from the team. So I think for Phoenix here, it's it's really a, a big group effort. But more than anything else, though, it's it's a testament to the greatness of Devin Booker with what he's capable of uh, as an individual player on, on uh, any particular night. 44 points last night, getting whatever the hell he wanted on the court. Uh, he might not win MVP. He probably won't compared to some of the other big number guys. Giannis is number one right now for me. It's early. But Booker, right in there in the all-NBA conversation, is one of the best players in the league so far this season. I don't think he gets talked about enough when it comes to why are the Suns so good without Chris Paul, Cam Johnson, and Jay Crowder. It's because of Devin Booker. Simple as well, that. Well, and part of it is those those other two that you mentioned. Bridges and Aiton, that triumphant together. If you got those three guys, you can fill in the blanks on the other two. You just got, you know, because Bridges has proven on many nights to be more than just a solid role player. He's a guy that can get you buckets, you know, and obviously shut down. He could wreck your offense on some given nights um, with his defensive ability and his just his length. Um, yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think it's a demerit on uh, Sacramento. Sacramento's not to that point yet, where they're not where they're beating the Phoenixes of the world. Even though they they played Phoenix pretty well last year uh, during the season, but very entertaining game for sure. Those are two great offensive teams, both in the top five in offense at the quarter mark of the season. Kings never gave up. They, no. You know, like down the stretch of that game, they're down five, push back, down six, push back. I mean, they, like that team is. They lose the game, but like they, they have some real real grit on their team. The first game I had on last night was that Brooklyn-Orlando game because, oh, my God, not only was Kevin Durant unbelievable on one end, never in my life did I think I'd be watching a KD 
bowl, bowl shootout. <laughs> but that's what I got involved in. <laughs> At one point, bowl, bowl took it, crossed over, shot this like runner that went in and Iron Eagle was like, bowl, bowl, I don't know what that was, but it went in. And he's in his bag. He's pulling up like Steph Curry, Bow Bow, who after the game, by the way, you're going to love this. <laughs> after the game, have you seen the Paulo Bancaro quote? No. Quote, everyone talked about this Victor dude from France. I'm not trying to compare them. But Bowl 7-2 shoots threes, brings it up the court, makes passes, and blocks shots. I feel like people kind of forgot about him. But Bowl's a freak of nature. <laughs> that was Paolo. Who, nice to see Paolo uh, back in the lineup oh, yeah. and, and, and being Paolo um, during that game. But anyways, you know, the Nets needed every single bit of Kevin Durant's offensive brilliance to knock off the Magic, who just kept on coming, uh, even though they're a depleted team right now. And, uh, yeah, Durant was great. But I think it does say something when they needed every bit of that to knock off the magic. And on the other hand, uh, you have Simmons. He, he got hurt. He's out of that game last night. And uh, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. What did you make of uh, the Bull Bull versus Kevin Durant show? <laughs> that is not something I expected that we'd be talking about on the mismatch this year. It's glorious. I don't know what what other way to say it. I mean, KD, like, what else is there to say that we haven't said in our years doing the show? He's magnificent. He's yep. a mid-range maestro. It's amazing to watch KD do his thing. And he did it last night. He said it after the game. When, you know, how do you know you're going to, you know, be on one when I wake up, right? Okay. Yeah. But Bo Bo, on the other hand, <laughs> whoa. I mean, Paolo's right to an extent. I mean, I, I think what separates Wemben Yama from Bo Bo is... <laughs> is the fact that, like, Victor Wembenyama is a more physically imposing force, an interior guy, an elite defensive prospect, highly versatile, computer brain potentially on that end. Bobo is not, like, a defensive stopper, right? But at 7-2, with the handle and the, and the fluidity that Bobo has, yeah, he's unique. He is. Like, we haven't seen many guys with his size and his style of scoring. He He's, like... You know, Bull Bull's like, he plays like a six foot six wing, right? Like kind of shifty, fluid, right? Victor Wambanyama is a true seven foot four guy with a guard wing like skill set. Like, I think that's, that's the, it's, it's like a very subtle difference there. But that doesn't change the fact Bull Bull is very unique and the stuff he does is just, you know, you remember you saw me post, I think it was like a week into the season, the uh, distracted boyfriend meme. With uh, with me looking away from Obamba towards Bull Bull, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean that's the way I feel. Obamba gets the DMP last night because of back spasms, uh, but I had my eyes all on Bull Bull last night. <laughs> Bull Bull, it is it, he is one of the most entertaining things going in the NBA for sure. <laughs> yeah, he now, really is. It's crazy. I'm flipping back and forth. You got this seven foot two guy pull it up, knocking down threes on one channel. I flip over to the other channel, and there's a seven-foot-three guy knocking mm -hmm. down threes as Porzingis is lighting the Minnesota Timberwolves on fire. And that uh, Kuzma has been great 
uh, Porzingis had like as good a first half as there's been in the NBA this year. It felt like the T-Wolves came out of halftime, loaded up, ready to go, played inspired, uh, got on that big run to start the third quarter to make it a close game, and then it just petered out, and they end up getting run out by the um, by the Washington Wizards. And all the while, Towns goes down, can't put any pressure on his leg, suffers a calf injury uh, in the middle of the game, which is probably the best-case scenario given how it looked when he first went down. But that kind of, that, that whole Towns thing kind of took away from the fact that this team is downright bad defensively. And it's a team that mortgaged its entire future to get what they thought was the best defensive player that they could possibly attain in Rudy Gobert. But we're a quarter of the way through the season, and it just hasn't worked. I know they had that you know, short little win streak, but if you go back and look at that win streak, I mean, they're playing, they're playing a lot of depleted teams. Meant nothing. Now they're playing depleted teams when they were when they were winning those games, and now you saw them blow that Charlotte game, and then just recently we watched them against that Wizards team last night, and so it's gonna be interesting to see if they have to play for some amount of time without Towns, but still seems to me like a lot of guys unhappy with their plight. Edwards isn't particularly happy with his plight. I'm sure Gobert's not happy with his plight. Towns, for sure, is getting regularly frustrated before his uh, before his uh, calf thing last night. And so, I don't know. And the Wizards are better than I thought they were going to be, for sure. Yeah. It kind of been one of the surprises, even at 500. It's because Kuzma's way better than Jay Crowder, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, look, when it gets to the playoffs, we can discuss. Yeah, well, we'll see. But I mean, so like that that game last night uh, with Minnesota, there's something wrong. I mean, like there's something fundamentally wrong. I think with the defensive communication, the, the, I think it was one of the first buckets KP scored. It was a couple, maybe a minute into the game, where the Wizards ran a double high screen with Porzingis and Kuzma setting a screen, and both Gobert and Towns followed the guard curling towards the middle of the floor and left both Kuzma and Porzingis open behind the arc. It was just like a really weird, strange defensive coverage with how both bigs did what they kind of like intuitively feel like that they should do. And then like Kuzma's open, both of them close out towards Kuzma. (laughs) And then Porzingis is open for the swing. And Gobert has to be there late after closing out to Kuzma. Like Usually you, you X out in that situation, one guy closes out to Kuzma, the other guy goes to Porzingis. They both went towards Kuzma. It was a, I think a lot of this is due to Towns needing to adapt to playing the wing. Um, more so, and like, of course, I'm not blaming Rudy, like that's what you'll say, but uh, more so than Gobert. But Gobert is supposed to be the low man. There's been so many times this season where he's pointing out defensive coverages in transition where he's getting the low guy, but then somebody else isn't picking up the wing. They're taking the low position instead. And whether that's Gobert's fault, Finch's fault, Towns' fault, it's everybody's fault. But there's just something fundamentally wrong with the build of this team with two bigs, with what they intended to do and thought they could do versus what they've been able to do. And I mean, I... Man, who could have seen it coming? Well, I mean, listen, like, 
part of me wonders, is Tim Conley, you know, seems like a very good general manager. He's made great decisions over the years. I wonder if there's any part of him that made this deal knowing that it might not work out with the intentions of flipping Carl Anthony Towns elsewhere. It's just been a thought on my mind because like everybody knew there was a chance it wouldn't work, right? Like we all agreed. I like the deal because I like Rudy Gobert. I like what he brings defensively. I like what he can be offensively when he's on high pick and roll. He has he has less he has he has less blocks than Walker Kessler. Yeah, but the to the point though, Chris. I wonder if Tim Conley in that front office made the deal with any thought in the back of their mind that I know this might not work but we want to move on from Towns anyway. We can't win a championship with that guy. I wonder if that was the mindset. No way. Oh, no way? wait, hold on. Can't win a championship with that guy, so you go get the guy that's been ousted <laughs> in every playoffs? What the hell? Yeah, but it's... But, it wasn't, wait, but, can, but, can we, but can we at least agree it wasn't all Rudy Gobert's fault in Utah? No, it wasn't there, there all was of his no, fault. There but was no wing defense on those he's, teams. Oh, he's also a terrible pairing with Edwards. He just is. He was always going to be. Yeah, but why? Edward, because, you, why? because the because the best thing you can have when you've got somebody like Edwards is guys that can space the floor. That's the best thing you can have. He is unguardable. Unguardable. He's too big. He's too strong. He's too fast. So you want them to be like the the Houston Rockets with Harden with you know five out spacing, ISO. I don't think you always have to be five out. I don't think you always have to be five out. But so you think the, the Wolves could have won a championship with Edwards and Cat as their two best players? I don't know. I, I don't know if they could have won a championship. But look, Edwards is nowhere near being that guy yet. But again, you tried to speed this up. How many times have we talked about it? It takes time for all of these guys. And so you take the guy and then you build out. Yeah, I would, I would look at it and I would have decided my best player, my future of my franchise is Anthony Edwards. And I am going to make every decision from here on out based upon how these players will fit through the prism of Anthony Edwards and what he's going to be in two to three to four years. Because that's when you're ready. That's when you're ready. Edwards is a ready. He's still immature. He can't even play, he can't even play back-to-backs without He can't even bad. throw a love. No. He stands in the corner with his hands on his hips. Like, people are posting this you know, like the videos every other night of them coming out of a timeout and him just, he might as well be just sitting down. Yeah, but that's on in him. In the corner. Uh, yeah, I know, that's on him. again. You gotta again, grow up. I'm with it. I understand, Kevin, but what I'm saying is that guy is not ready to be the best player on a great team yet. He will be, but they tried to speed it all up. Didn't it feel like he could have been there in the playoffs last year, though? He took a major leap in that series. He was of course, unbelievable. He was great. So was I, great. I, can, I can understand them trying to accelerate things because you're like, okay, we're investing in our rising star young player and giving him the best lob threat, the best def- interior defensive player in the league as a teammate. I mean, to me, it's about Cat and Edwards need to grow. Edwards needs to grow as a playmaker. He needs to become more consistent on defense, take some accountability. Cat, like you get, you have to learn how to adapt and play more on the wing and make smart, focused decisions on defense and learn to play your role. Now that you have Rudy Gobert protecting the back line, in theory, in theory, it, it, at a minimum, it should work better than it has. At a minimum, it should work better than it has. 
I'm not saying like this could be a title team, but it should be better than what it's been. You mean giving up 150 points to the freaking Wizards? Yeah, I think it should be better than that. Yeah, no doubt. Imagine so. Strange decision by Finch to put Gobert on Porzingis to start the game. Because I, 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 I thought you would put Gobert on a crappy wing, wing, you know, wing shooter, have him closer mm-hmm. to the basket, and then have Cat on Porzingis. But anyway, that's, that's a different story. Um, and then they ended up in the, when they came out in the third quarter, they started Kyle Anderson and put him on Porzingis. And that was the best anybody had done on him. Which is what I, you know, I thought it would have been, would have been Cat on Porzingis, then Gobert yep. closer to the basket, like you're, like they did with Anderson. Looking to get more out of this NBA season? Well, now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to touchdown scores to under yards. And with the NBA, it's got it all. You can bet on player props with player points, rebounds, assists, and there's exclusive bets like two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes for any player playing on the particular night that you're betting. And plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. FanDuel is also now live in Maryland, so make sure you get in on the action with great offers, boosts, and more. So don't miss the chance to get your snow sweat first bet up to $1,000 in free bets when you join FanDuel with promo code MISMATCH. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states, first online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. Call 1800GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In Tennessee, call redline 1-800-889-9789. In Kansas, visit ksgamblinghelp.com. In Wyoming, call 1-800-522-4700. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. Also was flipping around and watched the uh, Pelicans Thunder last night. That one came down to the very end of the game. Thunder with this extraordinary SGA season going on. Um, they were in it uh, until the very end of that game. You saw, you saw Zion, uh, you know, trying to take over at the end of the game, missing some shots, uh, made a few down the stretch, but I mean, he was kind of the guy, especially with no Ingram, uh, McCollum not there, so it it was it was the Zion show. Um, and then Oklahoma City had a chance there at the end of the game, and it came down to SGA versus Herb Jones. I I thought that was a horrendous call. The, the block charge, obviously you had one ref call it a block, one ref call it a charge, and <laughs> Dag, uh, Dagnall, right? That's how you say it? Yeah. Uh, the uh, coach of the Thunder. I mean, he's already used his challenge, so he didn't have a challenge, and that's how the game basically ends. SGA's flying towards the goal. I I, I thought that was a very, very, very questionable charge, but it speaks to, like, Herb Jones is there making everything difficult, as he usually does. Um, ended up being a very good game. I, I kind of I came away uh, that Thunder team. Let me tell you something. The record's not that great. 
uh, though nobody really expected all that much. But man, when you watch them, they make you win. That's the best thing I could say about them, right? I mean, poker's an intimidating player, Chris. Stop it. Did you see that jump ball at the end of the game? And you saw SGA go in there. And try, I mean, Poku would have been the guy on the jump ball, but he was he was he was like touching it like like my daughter touching a lizard when they say, "Do you want to touch the lizard at the zoo?" <laughs> like you know, how you're like kind of worried <laughs> to touch it. <laughs> sort of like that's what, that's what Poku looks like. The game is like it's like oh, it's like God. Cam Newton looking at a fumble in the Super Bowl. Oh God, jeez, that, that's, <laughs> that's what, insulting. That, that's what Poku looked like. <laughs> oh my God! Well, it's like, but I'll say that. Look, the Thunder—they make you win. They make you make the plays to win the game against them. <laughs> and if you're if you're going to be half stepping, they're going to they're going to not they're going to beat you on a given night. And obviously, SGA this season, word of the quarter mark, he has been otherworldly. He's third in the NBA in scoring. Behind only Luca and Curry. That's how good that kid's been this year. So and that's far. how great Herb Jones had to be to slow him down. I mean, Herb Jones played probably better defense against SGA than anybody else has so far this season. Sliding around laterally. We're already going to forget last weekend's Dylan Brooks. <laughs> that's why really? I said probably, probably. You're already, you're already going to act like it didn't happen? Probably. Oh, probably. Okay. Maybe. After the guy was averaging 40 a game? Up there. Yeah, well, one of the better defensive performances against <laughs> <laughs> SGA. I mean, Herb was amazing down the stretch. He bothered every shot. He was yep. in his airspace, constantly mirroring all his little weird, herky jerky side to side movements. It was, it was a. I, I, he helped win him the game, and uh, I think with Herb Jones, he's well on his way to becoming an all defensive player. And you know, I know a couple weeks back after I posted my quote unquote Pelicans love letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been pretty kick-ass since then. They're one of three teams with a top 10 offensive and defensive rating in the league. Zion, now that he has his legs underneath him, has been better, more competitive on defense after his... Well, I tell you, if he ever gets in shape, he's still not in shape. Man. You watch him... Imagine prime Zion. Like pro, like Zion with LeBron James, like $1 million into his body every Oh, my year. God. Imagine that investment. Every time you watch him in these games, he runs like it's the like he constantly runs like it's the last twenty yards of a like a marathon, like a, a race, like a very long race, like the last twenty yards before the finish line, where you're just kind of getting there. <laughs> That's what it looks like he's running. I never see him like sprinting. He's always <laughs> running at this very deliberate wobbly pace. And I thought to myself as I was watching him last night, I'm like, man, I don't know what that weight thing is that they put in his contract. Man, if they would have made it a little bit more, uh, there's going to come a time where the kid dedicates himself to, you know, getting his body in the best possible shape it can be in. I hope. I mean, he's already gotten the bag without that. But if he does, he's already at his size right now, unbelievable. If that guy ever gets in, like, the best shape of his life, he would be the best player in the NBA. I believe that. I really do. Because he's already, like, too much to deal with. He puts that shoulder down and guys just go flying. You know? And, and he's got to add some things. 
you know, you can kind of sit on his left hand and make him like I, I just watched him in person last week against Memphis and they knew exactly what he wanted to do. Going left. Just a, yeah. every, every time he got the ball. And so they made him play a different way than what he wants to play. And that's that's part of just getting the reps and playing a lot. But he's still, I mean, every once in a while, he just decides, I'm getting to the basket and good luck. Good luck. I mean, because he has such <laughs> a, a unique combination of power, right? Also his height, all that, you know, weight and muscle and strength and like a six foot six frame and speed, burst, agility, vertic- vertical ex- explosive ability as well. Like it's just such an un- unbelievable combination of skills that makes him hard to stop even doing what you know he's going to do going left. Like it doesn't make a difference even when you do game plan for him. You can slow him down a little bit, but you're not going to slow him down entirely. I- also, the other part with him is what's going to happen once he starts getting like a superstar whistle. You know, with all his hard drives to the basket, he only gets to the line once last night. Not a, not that I'm saying he should have got, you know, hardened treatment, 10 free throws or whatever. Um, but I, I think he gets one of the worst whistles in basketball because you can't officiate him like Shaq, you know? Right. right? Like, that's that's what it's like. It's like Giannis, right? Because it doesn't appear to be phasing him. Exactly. He is getting hit, but it makes no difference. Exactly. <laughs> because he still yep. gets the shot up. Most, most guys, they get fouled. And it impedes the progress. But, but he just certain, plows through. It's, it's Shaq-esque. It really mm-hmm. is. Or you saw Giannis. What was that, last week when Embiid body-checked him and Embiid ends up on the ground and Giannis <laughs> is just like laying the ball up? You're like, what is going on? He's got me a medal? You know, I mean, and that was, the guy got, it was a flagrant two they called, right? On Embiid in that game last I week? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, a flagrant two. Yeah. For like, basically, lowering his shoulder. Oh, it was just a, yeah, just a flagrant one. Flagrant one. Oh, it was yeah. okay. He, yeah, he lowers his shoulder into Giannis. He somehow ends up on the ground, and Giannis like powers through this mammoth of a man dropping his shoulder into him. Yeah, uh, Giannis. Crazy. Was, I mean, Giannis kind of like got like you know there was like a pause in his movement, but he still kept moving forward. And then beat ended up on the ground. Yeah, figure that out. He got trucked. <laughs> Yeah. Those guys, how are you supposed to how are you supposed to officiate that? You know? A couple other things that happened last night. Looked like we had a chance at seeing a team score like maybe 150 or 160 points if they wanted to, and that being the Boston Celtics against Charlotte. And Kevin, the numbers that the Celtics are putting up so far are downright freaky. You know. You mentioned New Orleans earlier. The offensive efficiency, as we look at the quarter mark of the season, offensive efficiency in the league, number five is New Orleans, who you had mentioned. Number four is Sacramento. Three is Phoenix. Two is Denver. Okay? All those teams are in the 113s. So it's 113 for New Orleans, all the way up to 113.9 for Denver. And then you have Boston, who is 119.3 so far this year. And they are number one in points. They are number one in three-pointers made. They are number one in three-point percentage. 
they're shooting. Not only do they take the most and make the most, they shoot the highest percentage of them. They're shooting 40% as a team from three. And they are number one in free throw percentage at 85. So when they drive and you foul them, they're the best (laughs) at making the free throws too. And it all adds up to, again, we'll see how it all plays out over the last 60 games. But through the first 20, this would be the greatest offensive team in the history of basketball. By a wide margin, too. I mean, like a lot of people <laughs> were posting the numbers on Twitter yesterday with their offensive rating. It's 9.5 points better than the league average this season. So it's the, the highest relative efficiency and recorded history compared to other offensive ratings in their particular years. It's the highest individual offensive rating number ever. And it, I mean, look, maybe they don't sustain this particular number. But the way the offense is clicking, the way Tatum has grown, getting to the basket, finishing you know, much better around the rim, drawing more fouls, the depth they have and the amount of options that they have with different guys that they can play through, whether it's Horford at the post, whether it's a Jalen Brown pick and roll or isolation, or Marcus Smart running the show, or Malcolm Brogdon kicking out to Luke Cornett off the bench, right? Sam Hauser, they just have so many weapons and ways that they can beat you and attack and really pick on your weaknesses as a defense to create good offensive opportunities. And their defense, been better lately. Robert Williams coming back sometime soon. That should only get better. More stops leading to even more transition opportunities. I think the Celtics could get even better, even if their offensive rating ends up dipping from this historic level. They, as an overall team, are not yet at their peak. Yeah, and by the way, uh, Blake Griffin and uh, Grant Williams and Derek White started last night uh, in the absence of Jalen Brown alongside Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum. And did you ever think we would come on the mismatch and talk about Marcus Smart's 15-assist game? He had 15 assists last night. It's been pretty cool to see him get empowered as a point guard. Wow. It's been really cool. I mean, I remember him coming out of Oklahoma State when, like, him as a young player with Boston where he'd be moving too fast and it's like mm-hmm. he would he 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 had an idea of what he wanted to do but he wasn't slowing down and I don't know it's just been cool to see Marcus Smart's progress over his almost 10 years in the NBA now becoming a a real reliable point guard who has always done a good job of limiting turnovers but now he's really like kind of tempered his his shooting he's not taking as many you know shots that infuriate Celtics fans right and, and I mean, he's just found a perfect balance for himself on offense uh, ever since he's really been empowered to run the show. It's been cool to see. Well, and you look at look at these assist numbers over the last 10 games. 12, 11, 4. He didn't play uh, as many minutes in that, in that game. 10, 8, 8, 9, 5, 7, 15. And of course, that was a career high last night with the 15. Um, yeah, and all the while, and Marcus Smart is shooting... from the field and 35% from three. I mean, when, when, when the Marcus Smarts are knocking down, uh, you know, they're not dragging down your percentage. I mean, his, his highest was 36% from three. Uh, and that was in the 18 season. He's usually been about a 33, 34. So, I mean, um, yeah, he's at thirty five point one, and as I said, there as a team, they're shooting forty percent from three. That I mean, that is ludicrous. 
It's ludicrous. It's to take the most and make the most and make them at the highest percentage. (laughs) I mean, that's how you get this kind of freaky offense um, that they've got going on so far. Uh, Other things, uh, the only other one that we didn't mention that we wanted to from last night was the Sixers beating the Hawks. And the Hawks, 0-3 since uh, the Trey head Mm -hmm. tap. <laughs> Sixers are playing really well, man, without some of their guys. Shake Milton, he's been better, better, better than could have expected. I mean, I remember at the beginning of the season, we talked about how, like, even Shake Milton, you know, he won't be in their rotation after, you know, being a fixture in the rotation last year, but he came back a better player, more efficient from three, getting where he wants on the floor, looks great in the pick and roll. With Joel Embiid, like their chemistry, their years together playing is really starting to show. I, I wonder, I wonder what Doc Rivers is going to do with that rotation once Harden and Maxi are back. Because Milton's play to me looks sustainable. He looks very good. You know, do you have him coming off the bench every single night? Maybe you do at this point. So he's been playing almost. He's been playing over thirty-five minutes every single night. Um, that first game that he played thirty-eight minutes, which was November twentieth. So that was a Minnesota game. Okay. He had 27 in that game. Next game, 16. Next game, 22. These are the last four games. 22, 24, 29, 21. And that's to go along with uh, rebounds and assists. I mean, he has had five, five rebounds, seven assists, five rebounds, seven assists, nine rebounds, 10 assists, seven rebounds, nine assists, six rebounds, five assists. I mean, He's doing everything. Like you always kind of figured, Shake Milton's the kind of guy could come off, get you some buckets, right? So we figured he's been given this opportunity and has just absolutely made the most of it. Does this make Harden expendable? <laughs> in, in, in your in your dreams, Chris. <laughs> Who needs Harden when you got Shake? But yeah, Shake Milton and and uh, my guy, the Anthony Melton. Anthony Belton getting, he was not as good last night, but had been on a run there where he was 19, 22, 20. He was, he was giving them really good production on a regular basis. So they've kind of patched it together. And the most hilarious is, of course, PJ Tucker, who just does not take shots. I don't think we've ever seen a player like this, unless you want to go to another PJ Tucker season, a guy that plays <laughs> yeah. the guy that plays that amount of minutes that just does not shoot the basketball ever. In fact, in the last, well, he has not taken a shot in the last two games, <laughs> and the game before that he took three, and most of these are like one for one or one for two. Or zero for zero so far this year. He is going to shatter the all-time usage rate. <laughs> He's going to shatter it. Yeah, watch out, Allen Iverson. There's no way. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying I'm in the opposite saying, direction. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I was joking. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying in the op- in the opposite direction. He is going to. No one's going to be able to sniff this ever. You, it, no one has ever played. 25, 30-something minutes on a regular basis and never shoots the ball. But it works. 
I guess it works. Well, Stat News tweeted out last night after the game how in the last eight games, P.J. Tucker has one made basket, but he's a plus 48. So, you know, more rebounds, more <laughs> assists, more steals than points. So he's such a funky player. <laughs> he really is. He, he really is. I, I can't imagine that you're going to be able to play minutes and have a lower usage than him. But he, and, and to think, he's on a winning team. He's on a winning team. So he lets the other guys shoot. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV? Switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports, news, shows, and more. Plus, you'll get access to Hulu's entire streaming library with access to Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. No long-term contract, no hidden fees, and no clunky cable box. Get Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. We are through the quarterway of the season, as I mentioned. So those offensive efficiency numbers that we talked about earlier, Boston, Denver, Phoenix, Sacramento, New Orleans. No real surprises there. Of the top five, I wouldn't say. I guess Sacramento, you know, that that they're in the top five within 20 games of the new roster, new coach thing. You know, it's not taking very long. They're they're dynamite offensive team, for sure. Uh, defensive efficiency, Bucks, Clippers, Philly, Cleveland, New Orleans. New Orleans is surprising. It is? That one I mean, surprises I mean, you. I mean, I mean, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yes. like we talked, we talked about it, you know, weeks back after that love letter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with how much they needed to grow, they've grown, they've gotten much better, and, and I think for New Orleans, maybe you could have expected them to be in the top half of the league, but top five, impressive. I think the Clippers one surprises me, just them being second in the NBA in defense. I feel like nothing surprises me with that team. Like they're just such really? a weird. Like I mean, I mean, because they they did well last year without. Without Kawhi yeah. Leonard, it, it's it's a testament to Ty Lue. And I think more than anything else, we saw Zubats get his 30-point, 29-rebound game the other night. So close. He's been spectacular defensively all year. I mean, he's an, he's an all-defensive candidate. He's been excellent in drop coverages for them. A great rim enforcer, obviously a great rebounder, too. Communicating constantly, holding down, you know, really being an enforcer inside. I think with Zubats, he hasn't gotten enough love this year for the way he's developed as a player and what he's turned himself into, especially on defense. And they got wings on wings on wings. And yeah. so they can keep throwing them at you. Um, you know, and they, they can they can typically, they've got guys that can guard your wings. They also can put some of their big wings on guards. And if they've got Zubats, you know, playing at a high level, uh, can certainly turn them into something. 
Scorers, top five scorers through the quarterway mark, Luka Curry, SGA, Giannis Tatum. Uh, SGA, I think the only surprise there. I mean, he said 31 points per game. And while we all thought very highly of uh, Shea Gilders-Alexander, the fact that he is vaulted amongst that group, these surefire Hall of Fame level players, uh, Luka Curry, Giannis and Tatum, and he's right in the Embiid. middle of that mix. Embiid, wh- where's Embiid? Embiid's he's not in the top. Thir- five. He, he's not. He's, he's not at thirty-two in the top five. points per game. What what list are you looking at? You got like so is he min- not? Is he minute, is he not game? played enough games? I don't know. I don't know what minute qualifiers you get on whatever standings you're looking at. But he's he's played thirteen games. That should be enough. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. He's thirty-two. Okay. So he's second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it still puts Gil Alexander at four. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and we still got seven guys averaging thirty plus. KD at thirty, Tatum at thirty point eight. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable. Yeah, this has been a unbelievable season so far for scoring. Top five teams against the spread. This is not going to surprise you, I don't think, because I think it speaks to not only have they surprised us, but also have surprised Vegas. Obviously, Portland. Yep. Indiana, Sacramento. And then the Bucks and the Celtics. <laughs> so the two best teams. Yeah. Right? Um, that are even covering numbers. But those other three, Portland, Indiana, and Sacramento, have been better than we expected them to be, better than the general consensus expected them to be. I think you're going to find it fascinating. The worst teams against the spread through the quarterway mark of the season, Atlanta, the Lakers, the Heat, the T-Wolves, and then by a wide margin, the worst, 4-14-1 against the spread for the Dallas Mavericks. Wow. How about that? Wow. 4-4. Four, four. So I hope you don't have uh, Mavs betters out there because this has been a bloodbath. 4-14-1. Hmm. So the expectation of what they were going to pull off versus what they have at least Vegas wise, they're four fourteen and one against the spread. And then you know, Minnesota, Miami, the Lakers, Atlanta. I think all of us thought they'd be better than they've been. You know, even if you even if you were down on some of these teams, they have probably been a little worse than what you would have expected through the first twenty games of the season. But you know, I always try to remind myself: you don't want to make too much of the first twenty games of the year. You just don't. Because these things change. So what happened last year? Boston was in the toilet. They stunk. That's right. And then they made the NBA Finals. Dallas started the year last year. Luca was fat, overweight. You know, he didn't look like he he looked sluggish. And then he ends up leading a team to the West Finals. It closes the year unbelievably. I've, I've, I've talked about this before. I don't know if I've ever been more down walking out of an arena than last year. The Atlanta Hawks came to Memphis and absolutely destroyed the Grizzlies. I mean, probably 30 points, something like that. And dropped the Grizzlies to 9 and 10, I believe. All the while, John Morant was carried by two people off the court. It was a surefire, oh my God, this guy just blew out his ACL. It's already been this massively disappointing first 20 games of the season. 
And then they went on the run of all runs. I think they won like 21 of their next like 25 games. It was something crazy like that. They ended up with the two seed and won 56 games last year. You know, and if you would have asked me at the 20 game mark of the season, so I always try to keep that in mind that these teams, they were the worst defensive team in the league. And then they became the number one defensive team in the league. Like these things over the course of 82 games can change drastically. And you've seen a lot of teams that have not been healthy so far. You've had some teams benefit greatly from extreme health so far. So who's the team we're too high on or too low on right now that could turn around? Well, you're already seeing Utah, you know, they're, yeah, they, but it's not, it's not like we had belief in them. No, as a no, no. Contender. But they, but they flew. Uh, but I'm saying this, this just speaks to the difference between the first 10 and the first 20 games. Yeah. Because they're, they've won three of their last 10. And so now it's like, okay. They, they got some catching up to do. I mean, to the top of the lottery standings. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess they do. <laughs> San Antonio's doing do. a damn good job. I think Miami will end up getting up there. You do? You still really have belief in them uh, uh, despite how Lowry looks? You still have belief in Miami? Yeah, I think that with with Butler and Hero and Adebayo, I mean, they still got still a better team than a lot of, than several teams that are ahead of them. I think so far, so I think they'll end up moving up the standings. Are you sure? You said you said yeah. I'm just curious. You said I think. Like, are you are you sure that they're even better than than like Indiana or Toronto? Yes. Are you sure better than Toronto? Over over the course of the next 60 games? Better than Toronto, for sure. Do I think that they're going to be better than at least three teams ahead of them? Yes. Indiana, Toronto, and Washington, you think? How about Atlanta? Brooklyn? Uh, they're just as good as Yeah. They're just as good as so Atlanta. So do you, do you think they end up with a top six seed? Right now, they're only a game and a half back. It's not like it's a massive separation behind a six seed. Yes, I think they, yes. Man, I don't know if you noticed, Bam Adebayo's had 70 points in the last two games. Yeah, Bam's been really good. I love to see it. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, he's, he obviously, they got to they gotta have their guys healthy, but it's a veteran team. And I think over the course of the season, this stuff is going to flush itself out. You know who else I think is going to be better than they have been so far? I do think the Knicks will be. The Knicks? I think they're still getting used to it. I do. I think they're still getting used to the whole Brunson thing, and I think it takes time. But I think that they are going to, uh, I think they're going to be better than what they've been so far. That's what I'll say. Well, you saw RJ have a good night against Memphis. He's had a lot no. of bad nights, man. No, I did not. Like, I don't even care about RJ. Brunson was out of this world. Out of this world. He scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. He was unbelievable. Yeah. You know? I just think that they've got, like, I think that as the season goes on, it's still, it takes a while. And they've got their their go-to guy, the guy that can get them home, Brunson, on many cases, is a new piece. And I do think it takes some time. I just think they'll be better than what they've been so far. How about Chicago? A couple of weeks ago, uh, I, 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 wrote, I, I wrote about them. I said on the ringer how they're a team that maybe could decide to blow it up. You know, not that they, they should, can, but they, but they get their, they, yeah, they, well, they, they, yes, they can. It's a top four protected. Yeah. They, they could if they wanted to. Yeah, but the pick's gone. No, it's not. It's top four protected. It's, it might be gone. There's like an over, uh, over 50% chance it's gone. 
<laughs> but they could blow it up still. So you want to you want to throw away an entire season for a chance that you get a top four pick, and then if you don't get a top four pick, you've pissed away a whole season for the sixth pick in the draft or the seventh pick in the draft. No way. Maybe. No way. No, I think they're in a tough spot though. I mean, I might I might flip Levine for as much as I can get for other good players. Yeah. Okay, so you're yeah. trying to fix it and build around it. You're trying to yeah. win with Nik- Nikola Vucevic. Congrats. Good job. No, stuck stuck in the middle. No, you don't have to do it around Nikola Vucevic, but I mean, you can. I like Dasunmu. I like Caruso. Maybe they get Lonzo back at some point. Obviously, DeRozan is still very, very good. Um, Pat Williams not come along like you'd want him to have come no. along. But no, I mean, I think that I think that you could probably get a lot of good stuff. They're kind of in the middle right now, anyway. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're. I mean, look. I think. I think there's. They're going to lose either their pick this year or next year. If it were to land in the top four ne- this year, next season it's only top three protected. It's just this year's. You know, you get Scoot Henderson, Victor Wembanyama, among other highly talented prospects. To me, if you can get down to like. Fifth, sixth, seventh worst record with thirty-seven, you know, thirty-two percent odds of landing in the top four. I'd, I'd, I'd be fine with losing the pick this year, then going full rebuild next year. I'd be okay with it. You're gonna lose one anyway. Amongst the teams that are not in the mix right now, I mean, the safe bet is Dallas in the West, right? It's been disappointing for sure. They're nine and ten so far this year. Um, the whole Christian Wood thing is a... Yeah, is what a, the, what is an, going on? I don't know. It is strangest thing, man, with Jason Kidd. Like, you start the year with JaVale McGee, who stinks. Did you see that one the other night, his quote? Yeah, oh, we have a lot of bigs in this locker room. You know, No, but he said, he said something to the effect of, you know, they started out the third quarter with Christian Wood, and Luca like, kind of praised it. Yeah, yeah, Luca liked it. And then Jason Kidd said, yeah, that third quarter, we didn't... We didn't get enough stops. And it was like the only quarter they had won in the game. I mean, it just goes to show. I, and I've covered a million coaches like this. These guys only care about defense. Seriously. Oh, come on. It doesn't change. There's so many coaches. You know, so I what? So he oh, I care about defense. I'm going to throw JaVale McGee out there who can't yes. move. Be it's serious. crazy. It's no, not. It's, it's something else. It's not I that know. he just cares about defense. It's, I'm it's, telling it's, you, he want he wants Wood to prove himself. I'm telling you, he's no. trying to make him earn it. It's no. some stupid mind game. I games. promise you, if you ask these guys, it is always defense. Yeah, always. yeah. Let's put out if, Dwight Powell. He's our he's our enforcer inside. Yeah, let's put him out there. I'm not defending it. I'm telling you the way it is. I know, but it, like the logic from from it, you're right. Maybe that's his logic, but it doesn't make sense. Of course, it does. Like zero. Of course, it doesn't. Christian Wood is by far the second best player on that team. No disrespect to Spencer Dinwiddie. He's having a very good year. He looks back to being himself. I'm very happy. But Christian Wood is the better player. He can help enhance and complement Luca in ways that Dinwiddie can't in that backcourt, where it's more ball sharing. I flipped on their game last it's week. Absurd. When he sat out, I mean, it is dismal. It's ugly. It is dismal. It's ugly. You're like, how, how are you going to score? And here's the thing, right? Like, you got 
you got Jaden Hardy right now in the G League. Their former top five high school recruit who sucked last year in the G League falls to 37th in the draft. He is killing people in the G League right now. When he gets called up soon, the fact that Kid is not even giving you know regular minutes to Christian Wood, I have zero confidence that he's going to be playing Jaden Hardy any valuable minutes out there over some of these vets who are doing nothing. How about this? Hardaway, Bullock, doing nothing. And they keep getting thrown out there. It makes no sense. Hardy is averaging 29 points a game in the G League. He's shooting over 50% from the field and over 45% from three. He's killing him. And guess what? I may may go down and see him tonight. Wow. He's in Memphis. Oh, hell yeah. The Texas legends are playing the hustle. Nice. Now, I may just watch it on TV because my producer for my local show is the color commentator. Oh, yeah. The games are on ESPN Plus. Oh. So I may I may just watch it on ESPN Plus, but the next two nights, uh, the Memphis Hustle played the Texas Legends, and I went and looked it up, and I saw that that Jaden Hardy kid who played for the Ignite last year is playing for them. He's leading the league in scoring. He's leading the G League. 29 a game. He looks like the guy that I kind of expected to see last year for mm. the Ignite. I mean, I he was like, a huge huge five-star recruit. I had Hardy ranked top five, you know, before the season. I had him ranked in the top 10, top 12 the entire year. I dropped him down to 17 on my rankings. Mm. And that might be fair. Like, he gets drafted 37th. I have him 17th. Like, we'll see how it pans out with him. But, like, if you're doing a redraft right now, like, he's going top 20, top 25. He Like, if he did this last year in the G League, there's no way. No way he falls outside the lottery. No I'm going to tell you something, Kev, and I, and, I, and, I, and I watch those games, and I, uh, I'll go down to those games every once in a while. Average of 29 in that thing is not easy. No, not at all. Like, there are a lot of really good players. That, that G League has gotten so much better. It's ridiculous. So much better. The quality of players and the quality of play and the coaches, so much better over the last five years. Mm-hmm. And so if you're averaging 29 in the game and shooting high percentages, you've got me impressed. For sure. And that kid, is he's, he's laying waste to everybody's face so far. I may have to drive down there and see him in person just to check him out. Yeah, you can always watch the highlights of Roser. Later. Yeah, right. Like, well, I mean, I mean, right. Calls. There's part of there's part of it that I want to just watch it on TV, right? Because it yeah. is on ESPN Plus. I love that the G League for the most part is all on ESPN Plus, so I can just flip it on yeah. on my whatever that app, so I can just pull the it up NBA on my app, TV or the ESPN Plus app too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the app. Yeah, you can just pull it up there, and the games are on there. And then the the Ignite games are all on the NBA app, which is cool yeah. for watching yep. Scoot Henderson and all that. The Scoot's been out with a concussion, I believe, missed some yeah. time. By the way, speaking of yep. redrafts on the Ringers NBA draft show with me and Jay Kyle Mann, we are going to be doing a redraft of the lottery oh. on, to, on Wednesday's episode. So, I mean, it's a way too early redraft. It's more like a re-ranking, uh, but it's a good way to talk about, you know, quarter mark of the season like we did on today's show. Just talking about the quarter mark of early impressions of NBA rookies. Mm. I can't wait to hear that. Take it a little easy on Jabari. <laughs> Book's not written. I agree. Take some time. I'm with you, Chris. I agree with you. You can't give up on Jabari Smith Jr. right now. That dude's 
too good defensively, man. Like the shot's gonna fall. At some He's point. gonna be fine. I think so too. Uh, I can't wait to listen to it. Uh, thank you to our executive producer Jesse Lopez. As always, Kevin, I will talk to you on Friday. Talk to you Friday, Chris. Have a good week, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.